0: What's good, everyone? It's the podcast Mercenary, the uh, Puerto Rican powerhouse himself, the Mike for Hire, Christian Joel Ramos, and I'm back at it again with a brand new review. And today's review is of another anime, and this is another anime movie. I guess they call those OVAs, and uh, it is the first fairy tale movie. And that movie is titled Fairy Tale Phoenix Priestess. And um, this movie is pretty cool. I mean, this movie came out back in 2012, so it's a very older film. I know there's a newer one out that I'm going to review eventually, but let me get to this one first. And this movie was pretty cool because it started off with a party by a fire. It looked like an old school, like, you know, Mesozoic era. Not Mesozoic, that's Caveman. Um, Mediterranean. Yeah, let's go with that. Like a throwback Arabic, you know, before Christ-like village where it's open. and It's like there's a big bonfire and everyone's belly dancing. You hear Arab music playing and uh, it's, a, it's chill. All of a sudden... We see a raid happening. Like these people are partying and it seems like it's a festival or some sort of like initiation, some sort of ceremonial dancing going on. And a raid occurs and everyone's getting slaughtered with arrows. Like they're all getting pierced by spears and it's like, what the hell's It It just started. And it's already chaos. And then we see the leader who's like wearing these like robes. He's definitely like the town uh, chief or whatever you want to call it. He grabs uh, some sort of amulet. It looks like a half a coin, kind of like a... Uh, something you'd see in like a metal bit like cut in half almost like a talisman there we go it looks like a talisman and um he takes his daughter out to a town to a safety because everyone's getting slaughtered and his daughter is obviously the belly dancer that's here performing and he gives her this amulet thing right the coin i'm just gonna call it a coin for now and um it's crazy because he gets soon after that he dies i guess he got struck by arrows as he was trying to Grab this magical coin. I say magical because it's floating on a fire, and again, some sort of ceremony happened. And this is fairy tale. Magic is a major theme in this move, uh, series. So, the girl is hurt. She's got like her side just holding it. You know, like she got. I don't want to say uh, a direct hit, but she got like scraped with it, so it's an open wound. And she's there with this uh, bird familiar who looks like he's got a weird shape. Like he's like a kind of like happy you know like an egg seed but he's not a cat he's a bird i think it's like a giant chick but it's got a really like light bulb shaped head which is kind of funny but he seems very worried and they're both going to leave and escape so they don't get attacked so we see the opening crawl of the the credit it's called fairy tale phoenix priestess and then here we are to modern times because again this looks like I'm not judging the time slots. I'm just assuming that it, this was like a flashback to something that happened then to what it looks like nowadays. And we see the team, what looks like they're in a Santorini-inspired isle that's beautiful imagery. Like, they're just arriving this town that literally looks like Minocos or Santorini. And they're there uh, on a mission, and they're trying to see, you know, their mark. They're trying to get the guy that they got to bring in and before they can find any townspeople the whole town seems deserted like no one's there which is very odd very odd because it's broad daylight and a bunch of bandits come out of every house so they walked into a trap definitely but they're ready because it's literally the whole fairy tale guild here not just a couple of them it's urza it's uh ha- oh, happy yeah happy um natsu Gajeel, all of them uh, gray uh juvia you name them; they're all there. So this is like the top tier fairy tale people on this mission, and they're kicking butt. Things are happening; they're just there, whooping butt, you know. And then um, it, it's there. They're they're getting ambushed by these uh, thugs, and their boss is nowhere in sight. So they keep asking the thugs, like, "Do you guys know where Goose is?" And of course, they're not gonna tell them where their boss is. They're like, "No, we don't know. We're not gonna tell you anything." So some cool fight sequences happen, and then. It looks like they're getting not outnumbered all match, but they're getting a little, you know, they having a little tough time until Urza comes through and whoops everyone's ass. Like she's in there with her uh, quick equip and she's just talking, knocking down dudes left and right and doing her thing. And then Natsu gets fired up seeing Urza kicking butt. So he does his thing, gets all fired up, starts beating everyone else up. Same with Gray. Gray's making like the hilled streets covered in ice, so it's super slippery. And they're all getting, uh, They're all eating, you know, taking face plants because of it. So uh, we find out the geese ran out on them. And the team was not able to accomplish a thing. They kind of just beat up the whole crew except for the leader who miraculously disappeared on them. Because he is quite the fast, scary uh, son of a gun. So there's that. They go back to their their guild house. No, they go back to the person who uh, hired them. tell him hey we weren't able to find the leader but we took down the whole gang so does this count for anything and then the guy's yelling at them like no i specifically wanted this geese goose i did not want everyone else just if you got him in the leader it would have been better than the opposite because obviously he's just gonna hire more bandits he's gonna hire more people so you need to get the main guy that was what the mission was they failed So they all go with their tail between their legs back to the guild house to get uh, reprimanded for failing miserably because they couldn't work well as a team. So back in the guild house, we got a meeting of the minds over a giant explosion with all the guild leaders. So essentially... They're all talking about some sort of giant explosion that occurred, something that's about to happen soon. And they're, it's like a war room. Like every guild that's, you know, not a dark guild, obviously, is in there talking. And we can't really get much details, but all we get out of this is them saying, like, be aware, we're going to see a giant boom. So as the meeting is uh, summarizing, we see uh, Master, um, he gets uh, Gagio like, to uh, pretty much be a reconnaissance for him, who's snooping for him. And um, he, so Gagio's hiding in the shadows trying to seek more information on what exactly is going on here so we get another uh, view from a different perspective of this prince is you know very posh and you can tell he's got nothing good up his sleeve he has another half of the stone so and he's talking about what stones do apparently they merge when they do it creates something very cool and this prince seems like it's he's up to no good so whatever it is I'm assuming we don't want it to happen or we don't want our protagonists to deal with this. So of course the bad guy hires a dark guild called the Carbuncle Guild. And these ruffians aren't any easy guild that are going to have to deal with in the past. They are out for, you know, blood. So they got a hands full of these guys who are tough as nails. And they're there to steal the other missing piece of the talisman or amulet or whatever you want to call it, coin, the other half of it. To complete this cursed ritual that's going to give him immense power and invincibility and something world-ending because this is anime and it has to be over the top, especially for a full fi- full feature film. So obviously it's going to be chaotic considering there's a phoenix involved. So we meet the girl who is, uh, well, we actually introduce the girl who's the belly dancer, winter chick, and we find that their names are Eclair. I kid you not, just like a dessert. And the bird's name is Monmo. And introduce themselves to the guild. And Eclair is not very sociably nice. She's kind of a bitch. But <laughs> it's to be said. Because she's gone through a lot. And a little bit distressed. But uh, Monmo guarantees the guild members. That listen she's a very nice person. She just has really bad social skills. Because she doesn't really have much interacting with people over the years. She's kind of just been in solitude after what happens. And you can't really blame her for that. So she's not very. Uh, she's very apprehensive of me- making new friends. Because you might think they're all trying to get piece of the missing amulet for um, who knows what reasons so she obviously knows it's for something. this doesn't know exactly what it is. So fairy tale agrees to escort this young lady and Momo to their next location. So she doesn't really know anything about her home, her past. she all she knows is she hates magic, And she doesn't like nosy people. And as she's saying this, they're on a train ride. And Lucy Hartfilia is taking aback to it because she's asking the most questions. But after that comment, she gets a little mad, obviously. But declares, like, you know what? You kind of remind me of me a lot. Like, you really do remind me of myself. So that's probably why she was taking aback, because she's the same kind of way. So it's one of those things where it's like, yes, she was saying something shady. But at the same time, she was trying to, like, find a common ground with with both of them. (laughs) So they arrive at a town after the train ride and are enjoying a fair, festival, carnival thing. It looks like one of those, you know, small town or even large town carnivals. Or, yeah, carnival. Let's go with that because it looks like there's some stuff there for kids, for adults, and then you see a bunch of activities. It's like a montage. You see Wendy and um, with her ex-aid and Carla. So Carla's there, and she's with Wendy and. We see that um, they're playing a game, so they're just like one of those bubble-popping games win a prize. And, you know, we see a little montage until we get to a, uh, M, a uh, Urza Scarlet who sees this beautiful, dashing wedding dress on the window of, like, a boutique. And she's curious because it looks like a really nice dress, and she walks into the boutique. Because, you know, it's weird that most guys, we don't understand why girls walk into boutiques look at wedding dresses. It's fun. It's an activity women like to do. They like to go in and it's like it's like, you know, it's like you wanna hope for the future. And a lot of the young boys will not get that. Like a lot of them are not looking forward to it. And once they get older they understand the meaning behind it. But she's intrigued by the wedding dress. Which is kinda out of character for Ursa specifically, because she's such a tomboy, such an independent woman, that doesn't need anyone unless she's very like she's the toughest wizard in all a fairy tale. But deep down inside she's still a person who feels emotions and she wants to feel pretty so she walks in the boutique to look at this nice dress and see how she looks in it and I've seen this in many different shows so it's like a common thread in most like I don't even want to say shojo, but like you just see, see this in most TV shows in general American or Japanese or not it doesn't matter it's just a let's go with a universal uh, dress-up scene because you see it in all movies so the team arrive at this fancy hotel and they had a great dinner such a great dinner the tab was like five hundred dollars i'm like damn that's a lot of food you're eating but then again there are a lot of members there so i mean taking for inflation this is like fairy tale seems like it's in medieval times so i'm um, still that's a huge bill so they better uh, fork up all their money for this oh plus they gotta pay for their room so yikes so while uh, urs is shopping for this nice dress she's actually buying it now um we go to a moment where um Lucy's taking a shower one of these typical anime moments where the hot girls taking a shower and we can show a little side boob and show some without being too revealing and provocative so she's there she you know gets out of the shower you see like a weird windy sequence where like the curtains move on their own almost like an invisible person's there but we don't think anything of it at the moment. And then she's talking to Claire, and um, her and Momo are trying to get more close to each other, like, because they're roommates, and she's like, do you want me to stay, or do you want me to leave? Because, I mean, I can feel your body language. She's like, no, you can stay. So Lucy's like, hey, if you want to take a shower, I just finished, go ahead. And, you know, she's like... So, obviously, Claire opens up with Lucy, because they're having this casual conversation, trying to dig up her past, but sadly, this girl has amnesia, so she has no clue what exactly she has to do, where she came from, nothing. She's like a blank slate. She's trying to get closer to Claire just to get to know her because they are roaming for the night. When all of a sudden, a rogue ninja-looking guy walks in. The guy that I told you was invisible in the shower. Bam! For It was. It was a creep who just... I mean, he just arrived after she showered, so it didn't look as creepy. But that's where he came in, through the bathroom window. And he attacked these girls because, obviously, he's out to get that amulet or talisman or whatever. It doesn't matter. That missing magical rock. So battle ensues with uh, Natsu and Grey trying to save the girls. And uh, mind you, at this point, Lucy and Claire and Momo jump out the window of the balcony of the hotel. But Lucy's still rocking her giant towel. She's not even dressed yet, so she just literally literally is fresh out the shower. Like, what the hell? So they go to save Claire, and it, um, pretty much the guys take down the bad guy. But in doing so... Yeah. We get some light fan service, and Lucy drops her full town, going fully commando. And the boys are stunned. They can't even blink. And so somebody throws a rock at them or something. I don't know. It's just a funny moment. The guys catch her completely nude in the street, and she's like, just realizing, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. So we get a flashback to the elder telling um, the Claire to send a stone to a specific place, because at this point, they went to some ruins that's where the next location was they have to go some forest and some ruins and it looks like no one's lived there for ages I'm talking about like centuries there's like a crystal ball it's like a hologram pops out and it's like an old gentle, old, older man the elder who happens to be her dad saying you gotta send a stone to a special forest so she has no recollection of this or her past so they're like great so we gotta go find this um some reverse the curse essentially at this point so callard was the name of the um person the elder told her to seek to find the answers to everything especially her memory loss great and all but she has memory loss she doesn't know what this guy looks like who exactly he is so she wouldn't be aware who this guy is so, he has the answers that Claire need, needs, but can't recognize who he is. So, therefore, they are off to this location of the forest. The CB's there, and there's, like, giant monsters everywhere. It's a forest full of giant monsters, and the team is taking out monster left and right. And then one moment, like, Happy's like, oh, man, I'm getting hungry all this fighting. And then I, I wish I could go for, a for a, you know, a giant fish. And, Lord behold, it, what happens? A giant fish attacks the group, and Happy's like, oh. Happy's even, like scared. He's like, oh, I gotta eat this, bad boy. And then the whole team's like, you're crazy? You gotta take it down. And they do. They call upon um, Aquarius. Thankfully, at least he calls Aquarius. And Aquarius uses some sort of, like, you know, giant water gun attack, and the fish goes flying miles in the air. So, she and typical uh, Aquarius, always angry Lucy with something hurt the most inconvenient times. So, they arrived at a small ruined town, as I was saying earlier. So, when they arrived at the small town, there seems to be a portrait of herself as a child. And that's, this is what triggers this magical hologram to uh, burst out of this like crystal ball type thing. It's like a family portrait. They got closer to it and then that's when it activated because I guess they noticed it. The magic behind it was triggered to her uh, appearance being there. And they're going over this. Like, what did the elder say before? Because the hologram of this crystal ball cracked that it was playing. It's like a one time thing, like a mission impossible, and it, you know, self destruct. So the Phoenix Stones, um, glad that she survived, but he's dying. Precious memories, the spells, magic. She has been chosen to get rid of this curse for the village from the Phoenix Stones. Um, her father just wanted her to be happy and find friends. Like, all this stuff about this, like, um, ceremony and all these weird things that they did in the beginning of the film where I thought I was in a different time period. I guess it's the same period in time as fairy tale. You know, it, it just... It was all just a, you know, thing for... Um, they didn't really re- uh, say what the ceremony was for. I think it was supposed to be specifically for something. And I just completely didn't pay attention in the beginning, so my apologies. Bet, and maybe it was for a protection spell and then it, it went awry let's just leave it at that for now I think it was because these stones are tied to a phoenix so this is where they figured this phoenix will arise and protect us that's what their whole purpose of the stone is but of course something like that is a weapon of mass destruction so everyone's going to want that so her father just wanted her to be happy like I was saying earlier she has to head to a continent north of Fiore called Veronica it's a tiny little continent. It's not on anyone's radar. That even the guilds, because they were back in the guild meetings after this mo, after this whole thing they went back, and they're like, why would we want to go to Veronica? Like, they're such a tiny continent. They have nothing to do. Like, it would, we would look like the bad guys attacking a smaller continent. Like, we're not going to go there and cause a ruckus. Yes, we need reasons to do anything over there. So the fairies team seem is uh, not reluctant. They're like, we're no, we're going to do this. So if you guys aren't down with it, whatever. We'll do it ourselves. We'll take the. We'll take the. Uh, the brunt of it, so it looks bad on us, not on all of you. And before they can even uh, finish this uh, meeting, they get a nice introduction from Carbuncle Guild, who was attacking them and weaponing them so badly they can't keep up with them. They even have a equipped mage just like Urza, who's a little faster than her, and they're just trying to stand up to these dark I mean, uh, these dark mages or dark wizards—and they just they're getting outnumbered and outgunned. There's even one guy has got like a Gatling gun that shoots magic bullets. They thought it was a regular gun, and magic worked nothing on it. So they got to be careful with this carbuncle kill because they're really hard to deal with. And um, mind you, this is over a stone. The whole village died over this this, um, this phoenix, and you want to bring it back? Like, If anything, they're trying to prevent it from happening. They want to destroy the stone. I mean, there was a scene in the beginning of the film where Natsu was trying to destroy the stone with his fire magic and did nothing. The stone's magic is too strong that it will not break. It's not just a regular stone. It is an enchanted stone. So this is why they're going through all this trouble of like trying to actually get the stone to work. So they could not use it, actually. Combine it, but then destroy it. I don't know how they're going to go about it. So Carbuckle attacks Fairy Tail, And um, they grab, these. they abducted eclair and she's being interrogated by the prince like in some sort of chamber or like dungeon and she attacks him with a headbutt and he's like oh how dare you because you know he's a princely prince and uh he gets cut up by her like he she is not a fighter she's not going down for the count for nothing so meanwhile back in the war room back in the guild war room uh, the threat elimination order to prevent the phoenix from return commences and this is where all the guilds are like, okay, so we just got our own missing link to this thing. They took the stone with her because obviously she has it. We need to stop it before it happens. So the fairy tale team storms a castle, as they were going to say earlier, and boys, the prince is happy to see them because he expected them to attack. But, of course, because they got taken down so fast by the Carbuncle Guild, he's not even worried about them. But little does he know that Fairytale doesn't quit. <laughs> so they storm the castle. Eclair's there. And Carbuncle's still on their payroll as their bodyguards. We just thought it was for an abduction. We didn't know they are going to be there defending it until the whole ceremony's over. Because whoever does the ceremony at this point, they find out uh, from Legends, because of the whole guild meetings, is that... Whoever combines both half of the amulets becomes immortal and you'll live forever. So, obviously, that's not quite a weapon, but it does. The weapon is not the eternal life. The weapon is you summon a giant phoenix that can destroy everything. Your whole village, your whole town, whatever you want to call it, they will be burning in ashes and you'll be the only thing surviving the phoenix's attack. So, of course, you don't want the bad guys to have that or anyone else, period, because it's dangerous. You don't want to take that risk for what? Eternal life? It's not worth it. All your friends and family? Gone. Yeah, good luck with that. So Lucy is there, summons uh, Taurus and then Virgo to take out the guard inside and storm the castle. Uh, Grey and Juvia are there to take out Carbuncle's gunner, who makes it funny. He makes one of those guy jokes like, oh, I'm going to kick your butt, and then he, like, winks at him, and then Juvia takes it as he's interested in Grey, and he's like, no, you're not reading this right. I'm trying to make fun of him, not, you know, because he's trying to be a macho man he's trying to, like think Grey's not tough enough to fight him. That's what the whole thing was. But it's funny that Juvia reacted this way because she's such a defensive girlfriend that she does not take anything lightly. So a play's about to commence within the castle. Apparently the legends of the of the actual um, uh, uh, phoenix is being played out with. So what a, what a coincidence as Urza is fighting back this equipped magician... Carbuncle who is a beast I mean she is just a, she is the toughest opponent she's had to deal with thus far so Lucy's having a hard time equipping because her magic can nullify her equipping or it could like undo it quicker than she can equip the next armor so she's got to be very precise to take this one down so the wizard from Carbuncle she can undo all of her armors and they crash to play and they're like, let's just play along. Because, you know, they're like, no one knows we're not in the play, what they think this might maybe part of the act. So they play within the theater grounds and play along. And Lucy finally defe- defeats this wizard because she equips the one suit of clothing that is not matching. This is what we call foreshadowing and a callback, kids. The wedding dress that she saw from the window of the boutique on the way to the uh, village where she was heading, because it's not a magic outfit; it's just a regular outfit. She changes into the clothes, and that's able to take down this uh, this uh, rival equip wizard. And the equip wizard is like, "Oh, the reason I couldn't unquip you is because you really have deep-seated emotions. Like the whole point of her unquipping her is she has uh, no focus within the wedding dress. She assumes that this girl has such a desperate need of getting married." And again, reading it the wrong way, Lucy's like, no, it's not that at all. But it's a funny moment because now the girl thinks she's desperate to get hitched. And now the audience who's watching the movie thinks that as well, but not really. I mean, we don't read too hard into it. Unless you want to. It's funny how, however you want to see it. It's a, it's a little comical moment in the, in the air of the feet as she goes down. So... Where is Gajiel and all this? He's out fighting that ninja rogue wizard from the beginning of the film. And boys, he's having a hard time because this guy escaped Grey and Natsu because he can escape within the shadows. So he's a shadow user, and Grey's like, I see a bunch of shadows in this giant, like, spinning tower thing. And he likes metal. So this guy's throwing daggers and, like, these Wolverine claws at him. And obviously, Gajiel's just eating all this metal and absorbing it. So he's like, all right enough is enough, you're just annoying, I can't defeat you, and you can't defeat me, so there's one way to defeat you, you can't beat me if there aren't any shadows, so what does he do, he goes on a wrecking house, and just scratches the walls, all up and down the spiral tower, because the shadow has to be complete, so in breaking the the walls, the shadows will be split, so ergo, whatever shadow remains is him, and he gets hit, and taken out. So now we're here with the prince unites with the Phoenix Stones. He finally goes through the whole ceremony. There's like fireworks, like it's Disney World. It's like makes a big thing of it. And the leader of Carbuncle takes out the prince. So this is all their ploy. They didn't do this to give power to the prince. They did this for their own evil, dastardly plans. Of course, because they're a dark mage guild. Who do they have an alliance to money or power they're going to choose power so the leader carbuncle uses the stones and now he is for now as far as I'm concerned uh, has the power of the immortality and he summons this phoenix so the prince unites the phoenix stones the leader carbuncle takes out the prince I just said that and the phoenix emerges from the magic. But it's not quite a phoenix. It's like a giant machine, almost. Like, it does not have... He even said it, like, this isn't a firebird at all. It's more like a mechanical golem-type thing. So it's pretty funny that we assume a phoenix would be a bird, but in this case, they're like, nope, we're going to give you something else, because why not? So Veronica was built under the ruins of the fire village. So now we're like, wait a minute. We just found out a few details. The stones curse you with something. We didn't know what the curse was, but it awards you immortality. So we're now gonna assume the curse is immortality because as you're getting older, living lifetimes, you're seeing your loved ones go. So this explains why the girl has such antisocial behaviors. She has no one to care about because all her loved ones are dead now. Even if they weren't dead in the village, if she made new friends, She's probably seen many friends go over the years and she stayed the same age. So that's the curse. That's the curse this girl had. That's why, in the beginning, it looked like the village was an ancient town because it was. Like 400 plus years have passed by. So this is the plot twist of the film that the whole time that we thought it was like, oh, it seems out of place. It was out of place because it was a flashback. They didn't tell you the year on purpose because they wanted you to realize that, oh, this is the twist. The girl is actually ancient. And she is ready to die. At this point, she just wants to be reunited with her family and loved ones. And she's lived many lifetimes. But Lucy cannot let go. But they obviously team up with the power of friendship and positivity. Whatever you want to call it. Because this is what fairy tale always does. And they take out the giant phoenix somehow. But it wasn't easy. Because they needed the help of the Thunder Legion. To come and uh, save their butts towards the end of it. Because this thing is destroying the town to pieces. I mean when it was summoned to when it was defeated it was monstrously making giant craters i was surprised people survived this so i'm glad they were able to succeed in their mission here we got this because it's not doing gray and erza and all of fairy tail they are not quitters and they find a way to defeat this thing while the thunder legion and the rest of the guild take down the other parts of the phoenix which is like a giant metal steam punk type bird only way to take it down was to be take to knock out the leader so after such a crazy battle and a great sequence here, Fairy tale with the help of Natsu's stubbornness take down the leader Carbuncle with a wallop. At the end, the Fairy Tail Master revealed that they have the dispel magic. It's like an arrow that can take down the Phoenix, but in doing so, anybody that consumed this blood in a sacrifice ceremony will disappear. But she accepts her fate because she's lived like four or five lifetimes already. As much as Lucy was like, no, you can't. We just made a new friend. She's like, listen, this is the only way to take down the phoenix. Let's do it. And plus, I've lived a long enough life, and I miss my family. I think it's time for me to go anyways. We see that Lucy has grown such a strong bond with a girl she just dealt with not too long ago. And because of this, she is finding a resolution. This girl wants to be reunited with her loved ones. And she's lived again many lifetimes over. She's ready to go. So Master reveals that Urza has the arrow and she has the uh, go-ahead to take down the phoenix but she didn't tell he didn't tell her that Eclair would die in the process because he wanted to bear that sin by himself and not make her feel guilty about doing so just in case she had any regrets of doing it. so towards the end we see Natsu um, is riding the phoenix and it's about to crash but then um, this is where the um, Eclair's like hey the arrow got stuck you have to push it in or if not everyone's going to die when it crashes on impact so natsu so does the last heroic act to push the arrow as it got stuck in like some crystal part of the machine/monster slash monster thing and finishes it off completely thus the end of éclair and momo's stay in this world as they were part of the ritual to summon it but even though it is a sad ending um Natsu comforts Lucy who's crying over the death of her new friend by saying as she was going she was smiling like she found her resolution and we should really appreciate that magic doesn't only cause sadness but it freed her from this prison of living a senseless life and her and Monmo became essentially a phoenix thus the phoenix wasn't the monster that was summoned it was the end of the ritual but yeah, the movie is good I gotta say it was really solid for fairy tale I've never seen a fairy tale film that took this much drama and death like this but then again it's the first fairy tale film I saw but what I mean is a show the show was really good and but it never it took itself seriously for certain moments for sure but you know this was some next level stuff right here so I gotta give this film a decent four star rating because it had great storytelling um, introduced a nice you know linear story that wasn't too complicated and easy to understand, but it also showed the power of uh, noble sacrifices for the better good. So, very heroic storyline for sure. And um, even though we don't, she doesn't see it clear. Did something amazing in sacrificing herself to save everyone else. So in her final act, she became this phoenix because she was freed from the ashes of this monster. So I gotta look. I gotta say this movie was fun. I definitely recommend, if you have Funimation app, watch it. If you want to buy it on DVD and Blu-ray, go for it. It is definitely a good watch. So, that being said, thank you for listening to this CJR Media Review. And until next time, take care.